the selfishness from us in all our wants has put pressure on us as a globe. And what are we going to own from that? What are we going to make sure? We can change everything. I know that. But I know that we also have the power within us to go, what's in our hand? What can we do with this? And how can we do it differently? And then I reckon it brings such hope for the pathway forward. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. Hey, it's me. You've got me on the decision table today, and... I really just want to have a conversation around it's kind of like the beginning of the month and if you haven't seen any of these decision tables you'll you'll know that well you won't know right that what we've done on the decision table is make sure that we're having conversations with different people every single day and one of the things that we're doing is having these different conversations but we're intentionally using a different lens to look through with these conversations every single day. And that those lenses are lenses that we're using, right, as the monthly lens. And the first three months of this year, so January, February, March, have been the three lenses that I'm writing a white paper around. And so January the 1st, was what I believe is the need for a new approach to leadership. And so we talked all things leadership, where leadership is, some thoughts around that, some thinking around where leaders are thinking right now with leadership. Because here's the thing, and today's just really real and raw and just really thinking from some of the things that I think are just so important around this topic. But, you know, The need for a new approach came out of the fact that I didn't even want to be a part of leadership. It's funny because I've been a leader in and out of leadership. No, always in leadership pretty much since I was a young girl. And I always found myself in these roles. And I didn't always like being in leadership. I thought leadership, you know, there's a lot of things around it where there's lots of bureaucracy. In other words, There's kind of like a hierarchy if you're a part of this and you're a part of this leadership, whatever it is, team, you know, the heads of, that you were in control, that you would make decisions and it didn't matter how anyone else would respond to that. You just like, and a lot of leadership models that I was a part of or had seen in place when looking for good <laughs> looking for good models, this is what I would see. And also understand that a lot of leadership, for me, people would use leadership in the wrong power. So there was a lot of things in my past within leadership that I just go, you know what? I really don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be part of the systems that built up. And I realized, though, that it's always easy to see a problem. And I think 
that this is something that I'm seeing a lot of with those that are leaders, that we know the problem. We see there's global issues across the world. We'd have to be blind not to see that right now. We have had discussion after discussion, dialogue around the fact that there's lots of challenges and and around what those challenges are looking like or can look like. So I don't think that it's a, is there any challenges across the globe? I think very much with the conversations that I'm having, by the way, I've had over 75, so it must be about, I don't know, 78 plus conversations in less than two months. And every single one of them has realized there's a gap that we are widening, but in their own individual world, they're trying to narrow that gap of where problems are. I think it's so, going back to that, I think it's really easy for all of us to recognize there's a problem, to see that there's an issue, to see that maybe you don't want to be a part of that problem. Maybe you don't, you want to steer clear of it. I think all of us want to do that. But the reality is, if we all want to stay clear, if we don't want to be a part of actually looking to see if there's a solution or how can we be part of the solution, then that gap between problem and solution is only going to keep widening. And I do keep saying this and I keep, you know, bringing it up in really the daily conversations because I want to see how other leaders are feeling about this, are seeing in their own world how this is a truth or not a truth. And it it has been interesting. If you haven't seen these decision tables, I really highly recommend you go to our YouTube. Oh, and I forgot to put that link in, so I'll put it in the comments later. But I really recommend you go back and listen. It's blowing me away, not just because I get to meet amazing, amazing people, but I get to share that with you. And what has come out of these conversations has continued to expand the work that I already have realized. So if we go back to January, the lens there was the need for a new approach. It cemented for me the fact that there is absolute need right now for a new approach to leadership. And it was so interesting and intriguing to watch and to understand and to listen to what leaders thought this would look like. And there was common patterns in amongst it, which is I'm enjoying as I start putting it all together for a white paper. So, you know, that was a definite, that there's a need for a new approach. I didn't need confirmation because I've seen it. I've seen the problems. I've seen how we need to be less about the problem and figuring out how can we be the solution. And the only way I could see that as an option was if we actually change the patterns, disrupt the patterns of what was and do something different, do it in a new way, figure out some different pathways to get the results we actually want at the table. So that for me was just cementing what I felt was so important. And then this last month, one of the things that is so dear to my heart has been around the fact that we have what I call a secret advantage. And that secret advantage is literally 
the I'd love to know who I'm talking to, by the way, when like it says Facebook user and it's really like I like to interact. So oh, I'm definitely going to check that out as well. But here's the thing. I believe it's a secret advantage and that is the importance of the muscle of human intelligence. So I got to speak and there were some amazing things that actually were reflected through and fed back through those different conversations each day. It blew me away, not just the smartness of humans, but the awesomeness of humans. And what if we could combine those two things together? In other words, smart humans being able to bring what their smartness is to the table, even when it's different to what is normal at the table. And I think this is an interesting concept. And I also realized that smartness has not always been recognized. And I talk about smartness in the way that if you're using the data that you have within you, then imagine what we could do with that data. Because I'm not the same as, say, Michelle or James or Rob or, like, my data is different than I bring to the table. But in times past, in leadership, it's been so easy to get the same thinking people at the table, the same doing people at the table, or people that are just going to back up what you've got to say. And I think And it just has been confirmed so much in the conversations that I've been having in this last month that we as humans miss out on so much when we only have the same lens or the same perspective brought to the decision table. And we only make decisions based on the data that is at the table. And in many cases, it's the same looking data. It's looking through the same perspectives or lenses And then we only filter out of that data. What if we brought different people that were smart to the table, but they might communicate? And I think that this was an interesting piece out of that. Communication. Often, very smart human beings often find it difficult to communicate to those that maybe are the everyday kind of human that we see at the table. So there's a gap even in between there. And there was other gaps. Like if you think the same way, we're taught in schools the same way. We're kind of conditioned to be in a particular way of thinking, how we do it, and then that herd mentality. If we keep doing it that way, we are missing out even in the schools, in the younger generation of maybe supporting those that might think differently or and in some cases what happened was it made it really difficult whether it was meaning that someone found because they were misunderstood it ruined relationships or in my case because I thought differently I thought I wasn't smart enough because I didn't answer questions the same way or I would ask questions It was confused with the fact that maybe I just was dumb. I had nothing to offer. That, And so in a lot of ways, I grew some ways in which I would bring it to the table, and that was I wouldn't. I learned it was easier to shut up than to 
stand up and to bring a different perspective to the table. I learned, what else did I learn? I learned that maybe if I started doing it like everyone else, then I would be accepted at the table. That was another thing. What else? I learned that if you thought differently and wanted to do it differently, that was kind of like the harder pathway and it was much easier to go with a crowd. So I think there's lots of things and that was one of the things that came out of last month's decision table that, you know, we miss out, we don't encourage when it's different at the table. So imagine if we were to work on the muscle of human intelligence and we were to actually encourage people to be smarter at the table, to bring that smartness and to then learn ways in which we communicate. And one of the most important ways that I I haven't really thought about for a long time, but it's come up so many times on the decision table. And that was listen. And one of the reasons I don't do a structured question time (laughs) through the decision table, except for the end, there is one question I ask every time, but why I don't do that throughout the conversation is because I think we are so taught to ask a question knowing that we're going to get these pat answers. It's really hard to learn when it's the same old that you're hearing. And I want to learn. And I realized one of the things that everyone kept saying on the decision table was we need to listen. And like I said, part of the reason we're having these decision tables is because I want to listen. I want to listen to other humans doing amazing things, what they're learning, what they're seeing as gaps, and seeing if there's patterns and going how can we narrow that gap to actually be from problem, start shifting it towards solution. And so it's been quite amazing accumulating the data that I'm getting from these conversations and seeing if there's any crossover patterns. So one of them was definitely in the younger generation. How can we install some of the lessons that we're learning into the next generation? And then on the flip side of it, what was interesting was how do we now learn that all generations have something to offer at the table and how can we bring that into how we can be more effective as a leadership across the globe. So what I loved about it was not only were we listening and learning from those that came on the table, from, by the way, an amazing conversation with Greg about renewable you know, energy and the whole concept around the electric car and what they're thinking to shift from problem to solution. In other words, the problem in that case is that across the globe, we are seeing a massive increase on pollution. Well, if we're seeing a massive increase on pollution, what can we do? It seems so huge, so big. Well, this, you know, in his case, he's looking at, you know, setting up an amazing electric car manufacturing company and doing that in massive ways here in Australia. What does that do? It increases economic into economy into the Australian economy. It provides amazing jobs for people on the ground. 
it means that Australia's profile across the globe is also raised. So there's so many benefits. And the best one is that it's actually beneficial for our environment. So what was cool about that conversation was the fact that, and something else that's come up a lot on this table over the last couple of months, is we need to join together way more as a collective. There are amazing, awesome humans doing things as individuals, but how do we and what would it need to look like for us to, to join together more as a collective? And that's been a, interesting as I keep asking questions to find out more about what other leaders are thinking is the answer. And there's definitely some common traits in that and some common patterns that, you know, I definitely think is so beneficial and has kind of from that developed more into where I want to go with the leaders movement. So I'm really excited about that side of it, that something that was once a dream in my heart and in my thinking is now really becoming such a reality in how we can make a difference across the global landscape. And part of that is that these amazing, awesome humans that are individual leaders doing some really, and like I said, watch the decision table. There are just phenomenal leaders across the globe. And, you know, from human rights, Emmanuel or Isabel, like it's just phenomenal what people are doing. And you get to listen to those. So make sure you check out our YouTube channel subscribe please subscribe because this creates awareness for not just you but for everyone else and the more that we can change that algorithm and try and get it out more the quicker more people can can come on board with this and and so the third piece in the the third white paper that I'm I'm really just think is significant and really wraps it all up in one bow and that is humanity as stakeholders at the decision table. And this to me is really important. This to me means that we are innovating solutions that are solutions that humanity needs. And don't get me wrong because environment is really important, absolutely important, but environment is a part of and if we can't look after human, we can't succeed. If we can't look after environment, human will have no success there either. So it's not one or the other. Just for me, if there was nothing else that I achieved, but I gave voice as humanity, as stakeholders at the decision table, that to me would mean that I have helped to make a change. And I think that we often get into and, you know, this is going to be an interesting month as we unfold what that really looks like for leaders across the globe. But, you know, for me personally, when I think of humanity as stakeholders, I go right back to we all came out and we were born. Some of us were given many opportunities. I was put up for adoption. I waited at hospital for two weeks waiting for someone to pick me. I don't know what your story is, but we all started as a baby and developed. And we developed from being a human and into 
a human and as we continue as part of the human race. And I think that what has happened is that a lot of the challenges, a lot of the sense of belonging, a lot of the sense of, well, we should now segregate that from human to, well, I'm a part of this. And I, and whether that's a gender conversation, whether that's a racial conversation, whether that's an, you know, whether you've got access to education, there's so many pieces to that. And they make up you as a human. They're what I call the distinctions that you bring to the table. And in many cases, we need to continue those conversations because it's not right. The fact that there are still people across our globe who have no access to water. There are still young children having to walk for hours to be able to be educated. Or it is not right that young children are across the globe, still young girls unable to attend school because they don't have access to sanitary pads. That is not okay. And what is not okay is when human trafficking is on a major increase as it continues across the globe. Those things are not okay. But here's the thing. If we don't bring it back to humanity, we are not going to be able to voice what is absolute necessity for humans to have and then what are bonuses. That's what I call it. I know some call it privileges. I call it bonus value that we can add to human and humanity. And let's bring that back to the conversation. Okay. So what am I saying here? And I think this will unravel so much more as we talk about it and conversations come on here. But really, I want us to get back to going, hey, if we're going to have a conversation at the table and we want to see us shift it from problem to solution, then that needs to come back to number one, humanity. How are we going to add to humanity, not take away? So when you bring a conversation, a filter, and maybe it's an equity at the, you know, in a region because there's not access to something. When that gets brought to the table, we need to make sure that we're thinking first, what are their human needs? And then what is the added value that we can add beyond that? Are we even meeting those human needs? Are we even meeting what it is to make sure as all humans, we have rights at the table and that means that we have a voice at the table. That doesn't mean that we have to agree. And I think that we've got lost in this. If we don't sound like someone else, if we don't act like someone else, if we're not saying the same things as everyone else is saying, then we're of less value. That is not a truth. And it is definitely something that I think social media has encouraged for us to get on the bandwagon and think, well, if everyone's saying it like this, it must be a truth. We have got to get back to having human to human connection and actually figure out, do you know what's really cool about these different conversations on the decision table? <laughs> the thing I've loved is that I've just had a conversation with people. 
And out of that conversation, so many times I've had leaders say, I forgot I was even thinking about that, or I didn't even know that's how I was thinking, or wow, I'm really grateful that we've created the space to even have a conversation around this because I didn't realize how powerful this conversation was going to be. We can do that. That's you. That's me. We can be willing if we're willing to have more of these conversations. And, you know, at times I have to say it's uncomfortable. Getting back to our humanity means, you know, we hear it. Oh, we need to be vulnerable. Who likes being vulnerable? (laughs) It's not always that fun because sometimes I feel sad. Sometimes I feel happy. Sometimes I feel excited. And a lot of the time we've had to just feel one way. It blows me away when I put into my feed because of something that had happened and I put into my feed a, a question around, you know, why is it when females show too much emotion, the reaction that you get, oh, she's too vulnerable. Oh, it's so typical. Female, you know, so emotional. And then if you don't show enough emotion, huh, wow, who does she think she is? Oh, my goodness, she's so masculine. She's so in it. And it becomes an issue. Well, here's the issue. The issue is that there is, some unspoken expectation maybe or some conditioning that says we should show something or we should not show something. And when did that happen? And if we come back to humanity as stakeholders, why don't we come back as humanity as a whole? So that means at times I may show some more emotion than other times because here's the thing. If you get me talking about human trafficking, for me, that is the just for a human not to have a voice and all rights taken away by one other human or lots of other humans in many cases. I wonder where we have got as a society across the globe for that to be acceptable or not acceptable in some areas, of course, but definitely in some environments where this is now an acceptable thing, where we are seeing pornography being exposed so much in our environment that we have no choice whether our young people see it or not. And whether you believe in it or not, it is the fact that the choice of that has been removed because it's so acceptable within our society. And if we push back because we're not happy about some of the decisions that have been placed on our society as a whole, that that is wrong. So how do we bring this? How do we voice this? How do we advocate for humanity if we don't first allow humanity? to be stakeholders at the decision table. So that's kind of one of the areas and why it's so important. Another one is that I think there's a huge part missing and this huge part is around the whole thing of seeing humans as a whole. Here's the thing. What do I mean by this? I'm a mama bear. 
Yes, I've got six kids. I'm also a Gigi. Yep, scary but true. I've got three grandchildren. And awesome at the same time, by the way. Then I also have a partner who is my husband. So I'm a wife. I'm also Jerry Marie individual. Me, my own personal, who I am, what that makes up to be, what that looks like. And then I'm me professional. And in a lot of ways, I think the society has tried to segregate and all those pieces that actually integrate and navigate who I am as a human being and how I move in everything, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you name it. It all makes me up. And yet we have systems and we have processes and thinking where we have to segregate into that one area, okay? And so what I think is interesting is if we come as human at the table and we start seeing everyone as a human being again, that means we're starting to see everyone as a whole. And, you know, that day when someone turns up really cranky at a meeting, we might even ask them a question like, hey, I just want to check in. How's home? Because we know if there's something not happening at home and, you know, maybe they've got a really sick child and they're really concerned about that right now and way more concerned about that than the bottom dollar, that maybe we need to bring that. And, you know, this pandemic has brought so many great things. Honestly, it has. I think that it's definitely helped to slow the pace, not the, not what we're doing across the globe, but the pace of our lives. In other words, is this as important as it was before, me racing around doing this piece here? Am I going to be okay for that not to happen? Maybe I could do it more effectively. So we're asking questions a bit. And what was I saying on that one? So if we think of humans as a whole, the pandemic, some good things, some pretty bad things, but I think what I love about it has been that it's it's almost highlighted what works and what doesn't. And I think we can learn from that as human race. But it also put us on a same playing field. And I think when we come back to the decision table as humans first, humanity first, it puts us in the same playing field to start with. Then we bring our distinctions and we start working from that. But first, do we want to add value to humanity? Do we want to take away? That's where we come back to the decision table. It's going to be interesting. You know, maybe not everyone's going to think like that. Maybe people are going to disagree with me and the way that I think on this. But humanity is really important. And, you know, this means that we don't look just at impact. We look at finances, economy. We look at the physical, we look at the emotional, the spiritual, the, the things, you know, the intelligences. How are we using that? The muscle of human intelligence. How are we using all that? Because that all makes up who you are and what you're going to bring to the decision table and then what we're going to do with that, right? So, you know, humanity is stakeholders at the decision table. 
it goes from the fact that I think we need to think human first, humanity first. And then I think that we need to think of humanity as a whole, not as these, we just talk about this piece or we only, you know, I. so what I was going to say about the pandemic, I think, was the fact that things like mental health have become much more of a conversation we have at the table. Do you know that needed to happen a long time ago? It didn't. And it's only just starting to happen. And in many cases, we're not even sure how to deal with that. But I think if we continue to have these isolated things where we just talk about us as a professional rather than us as professional, personal, spiritual, intelligence side, whatever it is, like this combination that makes up the whole, we are going to have a gap there too. And that's only going to keep widening. And so things like mental health become even a bigger issue, right? And then the third thing is this, and I think this is really important, is what was it? The third thing. So humanity first, humanity as a whole. And then the third thing is, what's the third thing? The third thing is humanity, ah, humanity coming together and as a collective. I think, you know, I don't think I know through my work and, you know, I wrote a lot around this and I've kept talking about this and the more I'm having conversations, I'm even hearing it again in a whole different way. But isolation is an issue. It's an issue within leadership. It's an issue within humanity. And we have got to stop being these isolated islands and start coming together as a collective to see how, as a collective, we can really shift from problem to solution. So these are three main reasons to why this is so important and significant to me and really is the pinnacle of what I stand for and really trying to get as a new approach to leadership, which is seeing humanity as stakeholders at the decision table. And I wonder, I wonder what it would look like if we did this. I wonder what the results would be. And I wonder what kind of conversations you would start having, whether it's in your own home whether it's in your business, your company, your organization. I wonder what conversation we'd have across the globe if we started saying, hey, first starting point, we want to see humanity as stakeholders at the decision table. I wonder when we would be okay. I wonder if we would be okay to then look at and listen to others who may think, believe, have different values to us. And then we might even, I wonder if we would negotiate and go, it's okay, because I think this will benefit humanity better to listen to you and do it this way. I wonder if we could come to more agreements, at least on one thing at the table, rather than disagreeing on everything at the table. Because then it's not just about me. It's not just about you, but maybe, just maybe, it's about humanity and seeing us being able to add value to humanity as going forward. And I'm always saying this, 
not just for us, not just for now, but the generations and the generations and the generations to come. And I think, you know, one of the most important things is if we can go back to how do we exist as humans across the globe, making sure your needs are met, those around us, their needs are met, and even wants. That's not a bad thing, but there is so much surplus in our world, and yet we still have many needing, crying out, not having a voice, and, you know, we are seeing where in many cases the selfishness from us in all our wants has put pressure on us as a globe. And what are we going to own from that? What are we going to make sure? We can change everything. I know that. But I know that we also have the power within us to go, what's in our hand? What can we do with this? And how can we do it differently? And then I reckon it brings such hope for the pathway forward. And to me, in a world where I do believe there's a lot of uncertainty for many, there becomes a pathway forward where, one, you know you're not alone. You've got others coming on that pathway with you. Two, we are going to figure this out together. We don't have to know everything. We don't have to understand everything. Let's do it together. And number three, that you're not alone in seeing that this is a problem. And we won't give up. If you don't give up, I don't give up, we don't give up, there is hope. And to me, that is the best because you know what? When there's hope, brings joy, brings peace, and it brings love. And we need that across our globe right now. And you're a part of that. And you can be a part of that. So I'm excited about that. I think that's when we combine so much more of who we are as a whole who we are and our smartness to the table and who we are in a collective to see a shift from problem to solution. And that excites me. So there you go. That's what this month is about. And I don't know. I hope this helps someone. I hope that you can gain some some insights around this. I hope that as we continue to have conversations using the lens of humanity as stakeholders at the decision table, that this creates maybe something different in what you're doing. And from that, we will see that we do have hope for our future. And, you know, one of the things that I just really believe is us as adults, Many leaders are adults, many leaders. There's so many cool younger generation leaders too, by the way. And, you know, I always say to my children, they're a leader. Here's a funny story. I have to tell you the story. So my daughter, you know, she's autistic and she knows it. And she goes to school, haven't been in the school system for years, okay, and rocks up on her first day. And she sets up this group. She got commended, actually, at the school, which was really cool. What for? She got commended for setting up the no group group. And because she goes, those that have no group, here's your group. I just think that's beautiful. 
That's leadership in its own right. It's someone who goes, I'm confident with who I am, what I'm about, and I don't want to leave no one out. So come be a part of mine. That's what this is about. This is what the leaders movement is about. It's like, we know there are problems. We know us as humans can bring that solution or the solutions to the table. We have to do it as a collective. Come, let's do that. Let's make that work. That's bringing humanity back to the table. All right. I don't know. Hopefully something from today's conversation lights up something, sparks something, makes you start thinking. So check out each day as we continue to have conversations around this lens and let's figure, let's figure how we can do this better, more effectively. And I'm looking forward to, you know, working out how this looks for me and what I'm to learn from all of the conversations and just how we can really truly start shifting it and making sure that we do put humanity as stakeholders at the decision table. And I'm, I'm looking forward to many conversations with leaders to see how this could become a truth. So there you go. That's today's. And I always find it harder doing these kind of conversations because I live and smell all of this and I don't want to, I don't want to over confuse. And so in a lot of ways, having conversations on here with other people really helps me to simplify it for you. I hope today that it's not too complex, but I do like to sort of say why I think that this is even an important lens for us to start looking through. There is one thing I want to challenge you. And it's this, and, and the reason I bring this up is because it keeps coming up, and that is, why do you ask so many questions, Kerry Marie? And what are you trying to say with asking this question? Oh, and the other one, how can I answer this so that I answer in the way that you're asking the question? I'm not asking questions because I want to take you a certain way. I'm asking questions because I'm curious. Maybe you could ask some questions today. They're just not because you want to take anyone anywhere. You don't have an agenda around that question, but you really care for humanity. You care for another human. You want to connect. Maybe if you ask questions that you find out something different about someone else, there will be a connection that you just didn't even realize was there. Maybe if you ask questions and there's no agenda to it, you just start asking questions, you might learn where the gaps are and be able to solve that and, and shift it from problem to solution so much quicker because you've listened, because you've asked questions. Maybe if you ask questions, you might learn, you might evolve. And when you can as a leader, guess what? That spiral domino effect is that it's not just about you but those around you will learn and grow as much as you do as well so I hope today you've gained a lot from today but get out there ask better questions don't question the question just be curious amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode make sure you subscribe ensure you leave an awesome rating and review our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, 
activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.